Welcome to the Spirited Leaders Podcast. Here we dive into all things leadership, spirituality, business, mindset, wealth, and energy to inspire and empower you to make the impact you're here for while loving your life. I am your host, Rachel White, coach, speaker, published author, and the creator of the Spirited Leaders brand, including this podcast and our magazine. Thank you so much for being here. Enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone. We are back for another episode of the Spirited Leaders podcast. The guest that I have with me for this episode is Christina. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Sotopoulos. Um, you, you can say that again if, if I mispronounce that, but I'm super excited to talk to Christina. She's a professional certified coach. Um, she's an international speaker. Her business is He, Her, Raw, which I think is a really, really cool name. And she specializes working with millennial women who have taken on new leadership roles. So Christina, would you love to give a little bit of your backstory? What got you into this line of work? And if you wanted to kind of expand on the exact type of work you're doing, you're welcome to do that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, Rachel, thank you so much for having me. Um, where do I even begin? I'll try to give you like the the show notes version of how I got here. But if you couldn't tell from the accent, I'm an American. So a Greek American, if you couldn't tell from the last name. And really how I got here, it started with me having the privilege to go to university and being on a campus that for four years told me hey, Christina, it doesn't matter that you're a woman. It doesn't matter that you're young. It doesn't matter that your parents are immigrants. It doesn't matter that you're queer. Your voice matters. And if you want to go have an impact on the planet, you should go and do that. I was like, hooray, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. But then what happened as soon as I left that campus was I found myself in positions over and over again where no one seemed to invite my voice or care for my contribution. And that, that juxtaposition was uh, really jarring for me and, and heartbreaking. And where it really came to a, a climax, so to speak, was I had accepted a position that was in a company run by a fellow Greek-American woman. And so I was like, oh my God, finally, like this person comes from the same place that I come from. She gets me, I get her, you know, she'll mentor me and she'll be someone that, you know, really supports me and and being seen and heard. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, what actually happened was, you know, she was someone that really struggled with having other women have spotlight uh, concurrently with her. And so rather than feeling lifted and supported, I felt judged, overly criticized. I would be told my ideas were nonsense, and then she would go and use them and not credit me. Mm -hmm. And I, I just finally had this aha moment of, oh, no one, like, I'm waiting for someone to invite me into leadership. I'm waiting for someone to like give me this golden ticket that says, here you go, Christina, you know, you get to be here now. And what it was actually requiring of me was to just claim the space for myself, claim being a leader, claim owning my voice. And so, you know, fast forward into this journey of exploring what that looks like, I decided to become a coach. I got some training under my belt and now I've been in business for four and a half years. And I, 
I think it's that same notion of knowing that there are so many people, especially women, who just desire to be seen and heard that really leads my mission, so to speak. And it's why I called my business here Her Roar, because I believe there's so many women that desire to have that impact and they're just not sure how to be heard on it. Mm. Yes. Oh my God. I love that story so much. And I, I really deeply resonate. And I think it, it's such a powerful moment when we realize that like leadership is self-anointed. Like we need to claim we are leaders for ourselves. And I like, I have a huge backstory around external validation and just wanting someone to call me a leader and put me in that position. But it's so powerful when we really claim that for ourselves. And I think that like, regardless of if we have our own business or we're like working anywhere, we're all leaders and we can all claim that regardless of our like position description or title. I would love for you to speak to, so once you really claimed that like you were a leader, what were the actual shifts um, that occurred after that point? Mm. That's a great question. Well, what's interesting is the first thing that happened before there was even a shift is I was like, great, so I'm a leader now. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I did was I tried to imitate how other people did leadership. Mm -hmm. And as a result of that, you know, my my leadership was very, uh, very particular. Like it was about structure. It was about organization. It was about creating results. It was about being a demand that people be their word. It was about achieving. It was about success. And, and I want to be clear, those are all super important things and, and they're valuable things to a lot of people. But what I noticed was because I had a way that leadership should look, it was really robbing me of getting to express all the other ways I could be a leader, which you know for me are being playful, being whimsical, being creative, uh, having a lot of compassion and empathy and being able to meet people where they're at and you know, create partnerships with them rather than, you know, top down, I'm going to tell you what to do and you're, you're going to do it. So I think what made that shift available for me, uh, interestingly enough, was I, you know, did a lot of work around getting reconnected to my own relationship to spirit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, if your thing was the external validation loop that you talked about, my thing was like this, Like I always felt like I had to prove myself to someone and it took a lot of work for me to be like, oh, the only person I need to prove myself to is myself and that's it. Mm. Yes. Love that. Okay. Amazing. Um, I would love for you to speak a little around leadership, like how you actually define leadership, what you think it means to be a leader when it comes to leading others, but also self-leadership as well. Mm, Yeah. You know, I I was just talking about this with a client earlier today because I think immediately when people hear the word leadership, they think like a professional setting or they think a political setting. Mm -hmm. And how I actually define a leader is I have it that it's anyone who desires to create an impact somewhere. Yes. And so when you think about it, like even if like, you know, let's say you have a family Like you get to be the leader of that family. If you have a vision that you want, you know, you want to be loving with your partner. You want to raise children that have the experience of feeling loved and joy and adventure. Like, like that's the impact you want to make as a family member. And where that applies to self-leadership 
is I think similarly it's and I mentioned this before but it's like the difference between following whoever did it their way and getting in touch with yourself and being like oh well what's my thing like what what's the impact that I truly desire to make both for others but even like for myself in my own life yes that's such a beautiful simple definition if you desire to make impact you're a leader and I think that in like family settings and like pretty much any area of impact where there's other people involved where there will be like 99% of the time I think it's really important to note that like we can be leaders amongst leaders it doesn't mean that um, if we say we're the leader of our family, for example, that doesn't mean that everyone else in the family just blindly like follows us. They can all be leaders of themselves as well. And when we all take on our responsibility and role as a leader, I think like everyone rises together instead of trying to put ourselves above or below anyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, I think leadership is so much about knowing what to not say as much as it is about knowing what to say. And what I mean by that is having a willingness to actually hear other people and and hear what their vision is as well. I think that's what creates like perfect collaboration among people. Yes. I love that. Yeah. I think listening, active listening is like one of the most important skills um, in leadership. I, yeah, I completely agree. Amazing. I would love to dive into feminine and masculine energies in leadership. Do you want to, um, do you want to just dive straight into that? Or is there any like particular area? Why don't we start with your kind of views on masculine and feminine energy? Yeah, sure. Oh, I'm so excited. (laughs) This stuff always gives me goosebumps. And I think it's just because, you know, I, I outlined a little bit earlier how, when I first started being a leader, I copied what I knew. Mm-hmm. And so I had shared things like being results oriented, craving structure, you know, craving rigor, bringing power. And in my own definition of masculine energy, I have it that those are, those are very masculine oriented. Mm-hmm. And where I find the, the empathetic side, the meeting people where they're at, the desire to connect, the, you know, desire to bring compassion and collaboration and harmony, that that's more along the feminine energy. Mm -hmm. And it's not that one is good or one is bad. And I think similarly, like you can have empowered masculine or feminine energy or disempowered or wounded masculine or feminine energy. But I think why it's really valuable to be aware of it in leadership is because, you know, I'm Greek I believe in everything in moderation. Like it's actually the balance that will support you in moving yourself forward. Mm. And I I think it's also useful to take stock for yourself of which one you tend to lean on. Because Mm. then if you find yourself stuck or stopped, you might actually lean into the other one on purpose and see if it creates different results. Mm. Yeah. So paint us a picture of what it really looks like to be leading with balance, masculine and feminine. Oh, goodness. I feel like that's a moving painting. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us a story. (laughs) Yeah. Well, well, what I mean by that is, you know, as a coach and someone that's in transformational and spiritual work, what I notice is most people think like 
that transformation or growth should be linear. Like, mm-hmm. oh, well, the more I practice balancing my feminine, the better I should be at bringing my feminine. Mm-hmm. Uh, when in actuality, I find that this kind of works cyclical. Yeah. Like, like you'll, you'll take on the balance and then things will feel good and then you'll get out of balance again <laughs> and you, you kind of reach the next level of, of practicing it. Um, but with that being said, I, I truly feel that, you know, part of how you can see or observe when a leader has created this balance is there's just a, I don't know, there's just a sense of flow to it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, let's take it for a professional setting as an example, like leaders that strike this balance, you know, when they declare results or they have goals, those goals are met in a timely fashion. Mm -hmm. And while they're being met, it's not at the expense of anyone on the team. Like if you actually ask the team members like, hey, what was it like reaching that goal? You know, they might, they might share things like, oh, well, you know, I felt seen and heard the entire process. I felt super Mm -hmm. supported. You know, part of what got us here was, you know, the, the rigor and the, and the stand for it to get done. Part of what got us here was how our leader just created all these different structures for us to play inside of that worked. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'm happy that we got here. I'm really connected to why I worked this hard and it, it was meaningful work for me. Mm. So, so another way I like to think of it is it's like the work got done, but it wasn't at the expense of anyone's happiness in the process. If that makes yeah. sense. And if we kind of look at the, um, kind of polar sides of that example, if it if the deadline was like the only thing that was focused on like at the expense of everyone's i guess like emotional mental physical well-being that's kind of like leaning a little too far into the masculine energy of like the the structure of the deadline being the primary focus and then like on the other side of that if the I guess like the, the feelings and the emotions and and the mental activity was the only thing focused on to the expense of like not meeting the deadline. That's kind of like leaning into the feminine a little bit more. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I love the way you're almost like tracking the symptoms of it. Absolutely. I I feel like, you know, teams that are led with perhaps too much or a, a favoring of masculine to your point, like, yeah, they're producing results, but the atmosphere might feel cutthroat people feel burnt out. Uh, they feel competitive with each other. Like it's almost like survival of the fittest. Mm-hmm. And, and on the other side in, in, you know, places that lean feminine, you know, there's everyone's like best friends. Like they love each other. They'll mm-hmm. grab drinks after work together, but there's a, it's like, there's very, a lot of false starts and lots of like incremental small movement rather than like mm-hmm. huge victories and big wins. Yeah. And I think that like what the, like the examples kind of, we were just talking about is really in that like wounded energy of prioritizing one. Whereas I think that when we look at divine masculine feminine, like for it to be divine, it's always in balance. Mm -hmm. So it's wounded when it's kind of like leaning to any one side. Um, Yeah. Is there anything else you would love to say around feminine masculine energy when it comes to leadership? Yeah, I actually, I would just love to pick up on something that you just said, because it's, it's so true. Uh, At least the way that I hold divinity or the way that I hold spirit is that everything's one. Mm -hmm. 
And so like, I loved what you said of like, hey, like divine masculine only exists when there's divine feminine and divine feminine only exists when there's divine masculine, because truthfully from a divine place, they're one and the same. They're just Mm. expressed differently. Yes. Um, And it's, it's that wounded side or the, you know, those moments where we make it too much about ourselves or too much about pleasing others or too much about validating or too much about being right or whatever fun mindsets get in our way now and again, that it, it becomes this like either or like, well, I better pick one. And you're always playing at a deficit in a way, like you've just lost access to a whole other side of you. Yes, that is such a good way to look at it. Amazing, amazing. Are there, so when it comes to leadership in your business now, is there anything, like what would you, I just kind of want to completely open it up to you. Is there any facets of leadership that you would just really love to talk about or that you just think are really important, particularly when it comes to running your own business? Hmm. Yeah, I think, so, and I I think it relates a lot to what we've been talking about, because when you decide to be the leader of your own business, similarly, what I would assert is you're going to go and practice being the leader of your business the way that you've seen leadership done anywhere else. Mm. And what I notice about that is that usually that type of leadership has a shelf life. Mm Mm-hmm you know, because either you're the connector, so you're so great at pulling all these potential customers into you, but then you lack the, the power or the confidence to actually create sales with them. Mm. Or on, on the flip side, like you're the organizer, like you have the, the meetings laid out, the products, the workshops, the, like you, the plan is set, but there's such a, a fear or an unwillingness to just like go and be with people that you still end up like stalled or stopped. And so I think what's really cool as an exercise for anyone who's out there, especially if you are a business owner or an entrepreneur is to actually like take, take inventory, like notice what are the skills that you have that are natural to you because mm-hmm. they're super valuable. Don't give them up. Like th- those are your gifts. Those are what make you so incredible, but notice how there might be tons of opportunity <laughs> In, in practicing some new skills or practicing um, some new ways of being a leader. And if you're listening to this and you're like, well, that sounds great, Christina, but like, how do I even know I don't have those skills? What I might suggest is, you know, go out there and consume content or media from leaders that think very differently from you on purpose. Not because you have to conform or copy them or believe everything they say, but because they'll, they'll actually bring up points that perhaps you've never thought of before. Mm. Yeah. There's so many points in that, that I really love. And that like the last point, I think it's so important to surround ourselves with other leaders because like we calibrate to the energy we surround ourselves with. It doesn't necessarily need to be physically just in the online space. We can follow leaders that we admire or just follow people for a different perspective, but still own our own leadership in that we take on what we choose to take on. Um, from what we're seeing and what we're consuming and we're always the one in the power to make the decisions for our business. And when it comes to skills, I think that like looking at skills in our business is so important because sometimes when we start to, you know, like we start out solo business and all of a sudden it's kind of us 
doing everything or most things to begin with usually. And if we kind of like can't do something at the moment, sometimes it can feel like, like kind of like an inner failing at times when we're not really grounded in our power. But I think it's really important to note that like skills are skills can be learned and skills are buildable so usually it's not that like you're not good at sales or you're just not good at blah 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 maybe there's just a gap in your skill or opportunity to grow the skill but that doesn't take away from the innate leader you are and the innate worthiness and desires and everything else when it comes to like being a leader making the impact and starting your business so yeah like I think building skills and always kind of like being aware of any skill gaps you have to either develop those skills for yourself or seek external support in your business if you can in those areas um it's really important like I feel like that's something I see a lot of people starting new business get caught up in. Like, I just can't do this or I'm not good at this. And like, you can easily learn that if you want to, or you can outsource it. Like just know that you're, you're empowered at all times to make the choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. And I, I think to build off of it, similarly, if you notice that there's a skill that you feel like you're lacking, um, you know, like an example for myself is I consider myself to be a very introverted person. Now, it's funny, people wouldn't guess that because I love public speaking, I love going on podcasts, but there's something about once it's just one-on-one with people that I start to get a little self-conscious. And so when I first started my business, I had told myself like, oh, well, because I'm an introvert, I'm going to be terrible at sales conversations. I'm going to be terrible at, you know, prospecting and meeting people to become my customers. Mm. And what I practiced doing instead was instead of being right about that, like just saying like, well, I'm an introvert, so I can't create conversations with people. I just looked at, oh, well, as an introvert, what I value in conversations is depth. Like I actually value getting to the, to the substance of a conversation rather than just talking about the weather or, you know, how their favorite sports team is doing this season or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And so part of Part of what you could do is rather than invalidate your ability around something, just learn it. Like take a look at how to craft that thing around what does matter to you or what you are inherently good at. Yes, I love that. I love that so much. And it it really a lot of that comes back to not comparing ourselves to anyone else and just really owning that we have our own magic. And if we if we desire to make an impact, we have what we need to begin that process. I truly believe that for every single person. I would love, um, if you have anything to add, go for it. But after that, I would love for you to talk about, so you've mentioned like spirit and divinity a couple of times. I would love for you to touch on what role spirit and and divinity and all all of that um, plays in with your personal leadership and also in the leadership of your business. Yeah, you know, it's been an interesting journey for me. I've referenced a couple of times now being Greek. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as a child, I was raised in the Greek Orthodox Church. And, you know, it was a very important community in my life. And in some ways, it also taught me like, oh, your connection to spirit is supposed to look a certain way. Mm-hmm. And because at the time, that type of connection didn't resonate with me, I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'm not spiritual then. Mm. But, you know, by uh, 
call it divine timing, call it a stroke of luck, whatever it is. When I started my own coach training, I revisited what a spiritual connection could be or what it could look like. And, you know, we've talked a couple of times now about like putting down what it should be or putting down how other people do it and really looking at how does it get to make a difference for you. And so how a connection to the divine makes a difference for me is I actually just think of it as a way to actually get like re-grounded and re-present to who I am. Mm. So it, it's not, you know, some, you know, man or woman in the sky telling me what I'm doing right or wrong, but it, it's almost just like this reflection of myself who can see beyond my ego and see beyond my fears and just remind me of like, you know, Christina, you're bold, you're brilliant, you have a vision, just get reconnected to that. Mm. And where I notice that level of faith and connection plays out in my business is, you know, anyone that's ever been an entrepreneur knows that it's not a smooth path. Like it's not sunshine and rainbows every single day. It's a bit of a roller coaster, especially when you're first getting started. Mm -hmm. And so for me, when I notice I'm feeling really burnt out or I'm feeling, you know, really stuck or I'm feeling really lost, it's like a huge light bulb moment in my head of like, oh, are you convening with spirit? Like, are you actually continuing with your rituals? Are you doing your work to stay grounded in yourself? Or are you you know, back to looking at social media and back to looking at how other people are doing it and back to comparing and judging yourself. So for me to answer your question and sorry for the rambling, <laughs> but to, to, to answer your question, it's like, oh, to me, the divine is a way to stay really rooted to my intuition and what it is that I want for myself. Mm, that's so beautiful. And I love how it's all kind of like, it's all inside you is I would, I feel that's the sum up to everything you just said that it's just, it's mirroring you. It's grounding in you. It's all you. It's not this external thing telling you what to do. Um, it's all inside you. And I feel that's such a beautiful message for everyone to take on. Um, so before we wrap up with some final words, can you share with everyone where they can connect with you um, where they can find out more about you and what you offer and, and all of that. Yes, absolutely. So the best place to find me is on my website, which is www.hearherroar.net. Uh, check it out. I've got lots of great content. You could find things like speaking engagements. I'll be a part of different services that I offer. Uh, or if you're more of a visual learner, you could also find me on Instagram. And my handle is herextina. That's X and then Tina, T-I-N-A, here X Tina Roar. Uh, feel free to give me a follow. I'll follow you back. Amazing. And all those links will be in the show notes as well as always. So Christina, I would love for you to wrap us up with just some final words of wisdom. What's the most important sum up of your message that you would love to share with everyone to end us on? Mm. I think the, the final thing I'd love to share, just going off of what we were just talking about, is I truly believe that, you know, what's next for all of us is creating life from this place of balance, creating our relationships from balance, creating our careers from balance. And if you take nothing else away from you after listening to this, then I hope the thing that you will stick in your, stick in your mind and in your heart is 
you know, start by truly creating that balance and listening for yourself. Start listening to yourself and start hearing yourself and notice what shifts when that happens. Yes. Oh my God. I love that. I love that so much. Thank you so much for being here, Christina. Thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom and such beautiful words. I'm super excited for this episode to get out there for everyone to listen to you. Um, So just thank you so much for being here. And thank you so much, everyone listening. Thank you so much for listening. If you have loved this episode, I would love for you to take a screenshot and tag me in your Instagram story at by Rachel White. Reach out to me anytime with your insights and questions. Have a beautiful day.